0: Good morning. Good morning, podcast people. Welcome to Coffee and Books. This is your host, Scott. I was going to make a joke about good morning, Vietnam, but it didn't go well. Anyway, hope all of you are doing well. Today is going to be a special day where we're going to talk about Countdown to 1945, the extraordinary story of the atomic bomb and the 116 days that changed the world by Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, for those of you who don't know, is a Fox News anchor on News Sunday. And, of course, this book was published in 2020. Inside cover here, an electrifying behind-the-scenes account of the 116 days leading up to the American attack on Hiroshima. April 12th, 1945. After years of bloody conflict in Europe, the Pacific, America is stunned by the news of President Franklin D. Roosevelt's death. In an instant, Vice President Harry Truman who had been kept out of the war planning and knows nothing of the top-secret Manhattan Project to develop the world's first atomic bomb, must assume command of a nation at war on multiple continents and confront one of the most consequential decisions in history. Countdown 1945 tells the gripping true story of the turbulent days, weeks, and months to follow, leading up to August 6, 1945, when Truman gives the order to drop the bomb on Hiroshima. In Countdown to 1945, Chris Wallace, the veteran journalist and anchor of Fox News Sunday, takes readers inside the minds of the iconic and elusive figures who join the quest for the bomb, each for different reasons. The legendary Albert Einstein, who eventually calls his vocal support for an atomic bomb the one great mistake in my life, lead researcher J. Robert Oppenheimer, and the Soviet spies who secretly infiltrate his team. The fiercely competitive pilots on the plane selected to drop the bomb and many more. Perhaps most of all, Countdown to 1945 is the story of an untested new president confronting a decision that he knows will change the world forever. Truman's journey during these 116 days is a story of high drama. From the shock of learning of the bomb's existence to the conflicting advice he receives from generals like Dwight D. Eisenhower and George Marshall. Now we're doing the backside covers now to wrestling with the devastating carnage that will result if he gives the order to use America's first weapon of mass destruction. But Countdown to 1945 is more than a book about the atomic bomb. It's also an unforgettable account of the lives of ordinary American and Japanese civilians in wartime, from Coltrane girls like Ruth Sisson in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, to 10-year-old Hiroshima resident Hideko Tamura, who survives the blast at ground zero but loses her mother and later immigrates to the United States where she lives to this day as well as American soldiers fighting in the Pacific waiting in fear for the order to launch a possible invasion of Japan. Told with vigor, intelligence and humanity, Countdown to 1945 is the definitive account of one of the most significant moments in history. The book is 270 what was that? 276 pages long. Wanted to give you the accurate information there. All right, so let's talk about it. What did I think? I gave the book a 5 out of 5 stars. Highly recommend Here's why. Basically, as a student of history, someone who loves talking about history, I gotta admit, I did not know a lot about World War II, specifically the atomic bomb. Although I have covered World War II topics many, many times, I specifically did not know Tennessee's backstory involved with the atomic bomb, and I always assumed that it was involved more in New Mexico. I knew Einstein was involved, but I didn't know his exact reasonings behind it. I didn't know a lot. And this book takes what I did not know and clarifies. So, like any good book, it does a fantastic job of simplifying the story, but writing it as a first-hand account, almost, in the sense of, this is what people who were there actually were living and breathing and felt what it was like. You get a lot of memorable quotes, um, and most importantly, you get a, a philosophical discussion at the end of whether or not the use of the atomic bomb was worth it. All right, let's get started. So for those of you who don't know, or maybe new, but I'm sure mo- most of you already know this, the World War II backstory is basically the United States has finally finished uh, fighting against Germany. Germany has surrendered unconditionally to the Allies, and all that remains is Japan. The problem with Japan is that it's not like a normal country, in a sense, uh, during this time period. Everyone Basically obediently obeyed their orders, and basically it was a time of intense conflict. Uh, you know, Japan was at war with the United States, and eventually it would go to war against Soviet Russia and England and other Allied nations. The worry was that after the massively damaging war in Europe, basically, the United States did not want to get involved in a Pacific version of that again. There was no need to go door-to-door and fighting people, hand-to-hand combat. It was worrisome because basically estimates show that if the Americans had continued fighting, there would be a loss of 250,000 more lives to a million estimated lives affected on just the U.S. casualty side. So you can imagine what that would be like for the civilian populace of Japan, you can imagine what that would be like for the soldiers, you can imagine what that would be like, intense military conflicts, what that does to the personality, psyche of each individual. In other words, the war which you had just we had just talked about, the conclusion of World War II, or specifically the conclusion of the Allies fighting the Axis powers, uh, specifically when Germany surrendered, it essentially tilted the war into saying, we don't want this to go anymore. Nobody wanted to fight another war. Nobody wanted to fight Japan to the death. And Japan was the type of country, my point being, that would never surrender. You know, We had a lot of intense discussions early on in the book about how places like Okinawa and just different islands that were rescued from the Japanese were intense and bloody in conflict and how bloody the specific War, the Pacific War actually was. And so we're given this estimate at the beginning just to show... And then we're talking, of course, about the development of nuclear energy. So all this, up until the point of the start of this book, is all theory. Nuclear energy is a theory. It's not proven yet to even be possible. And the United States, of course, has its big decision on its hands. You know, to fund a project like this costs billions of dollars. I believe in 1945 dollars it was two billion. You know, the secrecy, the planning, the you know, espionage that was involved in keeping this all secret from average ordinary Americans must have been incredible, you know, and even still, the Russians did manage to infiltrate through circles and investigate, you know, what the nuclear atomic bombs were, you know, even before anyone had an idea of what the possibilities would be, Soviet Russia knew about those too. All right, now, let's go into the intense debate about whether or not the bomb should have been dropped. Me personally, I have to think that after hearing both sides of the argument, that I am not swayed either way, but I definitely appreciate and understand the both sides. So let's dissect both sides. One side argues that by dropping this atomic bomb and developing nuclear energy as a weapon of war, it gives the world more stability and peace because countries have mutually assured that they will not attack one another. Although this has worked so far to this day, it's very nerve-wracking, of course. Um, if you follow the news, you will notice that there are many countries that have you know, nuclear programs that are, well, pretty much scary. So we don't want to see that fall into the wrong hands and then lead to a nuclear attack on somewhere that doesn't deserve it. Um, not saying that Japan deserved it, but we'll get into that later. But primarily what you need to know is that the use of the atomic bomb, the story, the basic concept behind it was, if they used a bomb, it would end the war completely. You know, it was believed that this you know, Trump card would show two things. One, it would show the Russians not to mess with the United States, and two, it would show the Japanese that you know, there's no point in continuing on the war. And if it was believed that everyone would be wiped out, that they would surrender completely, unconditionally... You know this is something that the United States debated. Should they have you know an unconditional surrender, or should they you know cap- capitulate and say, "We're going to let Japan gracefully walk away from the stage?" But in the end, the decision was made to drop the bomb, as we all know. So what is the argument against it? Well, for starters, it killed a lot of innocent people, and yes. I understand it's a war, and there was a lot of conflicts going on, and there's a lot of damaging sides to both stories. A lot of innocent people died on both sides of the equation. But the estimates show that when Hiroshima and Nagasaki were targeted, that it was done purposely, and that places like Tokyo and Kyoto were spared from this devastation. Uh, which is good of historical importance. But it's very sad that Hiroshima and Nagasaki were both targeted, but it showed, of course, like we said, that you have to weigh an entire city of people, 50,000 or 40,000, versus possibly up to millions of lives. And Truman, Harry Truman, the President of the United States, had to face that impossible decision. Should he drop this bomb, potentially altering the course of the world, and thereby... Uh, bringing the world clo- one step closer to uh, ultimate destruction? Or should he just say, let's just invade like our normal plan was and invade the Pacific with the U.S. troops and be bogged down in a war for many, many more years? In the end, he took the way out and saved as many lives as he possibly could. He thought, and his reasoning was essentially, by killing uh, you know, thousands of people now, we might say millions later, and to some effect, that was true. The Pacific, like I said, did not go into chaos in the same way that Europe had after bloody, bloody, intense conflicts. And relatively, after the surrender of Japan, everything was relatively peaceful again in Japan. So it's very strange in a strange, strange environment that led to Japan attacking the United States. But this podcast specifically is about the... Pros and cons of nuclear, armament and disarmament. So, what were the, what were the uh, drawbacks of not dropping on the bomb? We've already said, but what were the drawbacks of you know, the people who worked on it? Well, for starters, many people did not know in their scientific research that this would ever be theoretically possible. And then once it became a reality, they had to deal with that the rest of their lives, that they've created something that could destroy humanity. And for a lot of people, that was too much. You know, many people like Einstein talk about their experiences and about how, uh, you know, their regret was, you know, turning the United States onto this power. But people like Albert Einstein did that so that the Germans would not get this power. You know, it was believed early on in World War II that the Germans had the capability of actually producing a nuclear bomb. And they had access and materials and the resources to start researching it. So yes, the world could have been a very, very different place. But thankfully, the scientists who fled from Germany and France and all the countries that fell under Nazi occupation in Europe, a lot of those came to the United States and brought their brain power with them and were able to give that information over to the United States. Whether or not that led to the Cold War directly, or whether or not that led to an impossible situation to this very day. We'll never know, but I I'd like to think that you know this decision that Harry Truman faced was not an easy decision, and that by doing it, he made the world aware that it is possible to end war, and he gave Japan. I think it's important to say this. He gave Japan every possible chance to surrender before this actually happened, without directly warning them that we're going to strike you know, Japan with a nuclear bomb. Anyway, so as a result, I have mixed feelings about it. Yes, I understand why they did it. I don't agree with the loss of life and the destruction was terrible. And it is also a sad fact that many of the details of the bombing were kept out of the view of the public eye for many, many years, mainly because the U.S. did not want to feel the guilt by association for what they have done. Anyway, I just thought all of you would like to know that countdown to 1945 is an excellent book and i recommend it highly as it goes into the details and personal lives of people who actually worked on the atomic bomb you know realizing what they've done you know many people struggle to this day even with the thoughts of you know was it worth it but i'd like to think that it was and at the end of the day you know the war ended sooner because they had created this weapon and without this weapon who knows where we would be today Anyway, thank you for listening to my podcast. The next one is going to be a while before I finish it, but I hope to finish it soon. Uh, But thank you for listening. Please share this podcast if you enjoy my discussion. Where do you fall on nuclear arms? Are you for governments having the ability to defend themselves, or are you more for the ability of nuclear disarmament? I am for one of nuclear disarmament. Anyway, thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope all of you have a great and wonderful day. Thank you again for sharing. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you found it. And thanks again for listening.